and welcome to Fraud uh, Busting Neo Frauds podcast. It is the only podcast for female fraud professionals and their allies who want to stay on top of the fraud awareness spectrum in order to thrive professionally while maximizing their happiness and having the courage to create the life they love. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of the Fraud Busting Neo Frauds podcast. Um, our format today is a round table format or a coffee chat, whatever you uh, want to call it. Uh, and so with that, we have two special guests today. And without uh, further ado, I'd like to give uh, our special uh persons and guests today the chance to introduce themselves briefly. Hi, Rolanda. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm Rolanda. I am um, the Fraud and Abuse Practice Area uh, Leader for Bye Bye Solutions, uh, a consulting firm. Um, and part of my expertise comes from um, dealing with fraud, financial crimes and abuse from the merchant side, e-commerce and retail, and also issuing and banking, acquiring and things like that, oh, and credit reporting. So uh, bring with me some knowledge of, with a comprehensive view of fraud and financial crimes and abuse. Uh, thanks so much for this uh, introduction, Rolanda. It's my uh, absolute pleasure to have you today. And Elena, hello. Hi, Olga. And thanks for having us here. Uh, so I'm Elena with over a decade of experience in fraud prevention and cybersecurity intelligence. Basically, I love building and implementing strategies to protect users and businesses from cybercrime and threats. And, and I want to create the most secure and flawless experience for clients. Uh, thanks so much, Elena, for this brief introduction. It's my uh, absolute and total pleasure uh, for you to be our guest today um, together with Rolanda. And so without uh, much delay, I'd like to ask you ladies this question, um, which is, um, can you speak a little bit more about the importance of data and data quality uh, in the process of building preventative um, strategies? Um, Rolanda? You yeah. First, yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I pride myself on is uh, basically building intelligible uh, KPIs, uh, innovative KPIs that you can actually make decisions off of, but that are also cross-functionally consumable uh, in a way that allows you to take a, a, a top-down look at it, right? So if the data is good, if the reporting is good, the structure, the dashboarding is good, then you can drill down to insights that an investigator might like, but take it up to a high level uh, so that the business or an executive may find useful. Um, but the only way you can do that is if you have data that is reliable and you use the, the, the same source of truth across different cross-functional areas. Um, one of the things that I noticed, especially dealing with um, data from from different industries and things like that a lot of people have a lot of vendors right so the data that we consume and give to our vendors can vary how we receive it and ingest that data 
in barriers and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But if you are able to have a source of truth that the whole business can use, the whole organization can use, then it creates the opportunity to give you um, some really, really strategic, good strategic insights from reliable sources. Um, not everybody is accustomed to testing or qualifying or auditing that data, right? Um, and maybe for one function, some people can do well at, at seeing what's missing, but having someone to kind of come in and look at it across the board sometimes can be a challenge, which, which is understandable. People work in functional area silos sometimes, right? But the data shouldn't be a silo. The data should be the same source, ideally, right? So there's the challenge of, I'm aware that we all have data that's uh, truncated or for PCI and concerns or just looking looking at uh, PII and things like that, right? So there's different compliance rules that kind of come into, especially when we deal with financial information, the card details particularly, or if we deal with consumer information or cardholder information particularly, right? Um, so sometimes the data is limited, um, but hopefully one of the things that we can, you know, kind of touch on is how to get around some of that and really just taking a step back and saying, okay, who needs these insights and what do we, what do we all have that we can contribute to give this data to the right source so it can live in the right place and be consumed by the right people. Mm -hmm. uh, well, thanks so much, uh, Rolanda, for uh, sharing uh, this um, thought and insights and uh, examples. Uh, I'm sure uh, the audiences will benefit uh, from listening uh, to our conversation today. And Elena, would you like to add uh, to, to our conversations your perspectives? Sure. Well, Rolanda already said um, very important things in the area. And when we consider the building the preventative strategies, data is the basic ingredient when we build preventative fraud strategies. But if we lack quality, the strategy would be worth the same. So data allows us to make decisions and adapt to changing conditions and trends. Think of it that way. Um, even with the least human intervention, such as using artificial intelligence and providing a specific goal to the machine, the quality of actions and results it would bring uh, probably be average or lower. When incorporating humans, it can be even more challenging, even if incorporating expertise and psychological knowledge, such as biases, et cetera. Mm -hmm. The one to um, have as accurate and relevant information as possible while abiding to regulations, as Rolanda mentioned. Uh, so that we can enhance good customer experience and prevent bad actors' activity, meaning we want to avoid false positives and false negatives as much as possible because we incorporate them in so many levels, such as rules, fraud engine, uh, MFA, validation, verification, KPIs, and of course, decision-making. We should take into account that irrelevant information may cloud judgment, while underlooked important information may cause substantial losses to the company. Simply said, if we don't have relevant data, we cannot make accurate decisions. Uh, well, thank you so much, Elena, for uh, supplementing our conversation with uh, 
uh, this uh, very important um, uh, perspective that you just shared. I am grateful to uh, both of you, Rolanda and Elena, uh, for sharing your perspectives. Uh, and let's dive into the next uh, question I have for you. Uh, which is, can you speak a little bit about what kind of advice uh, can you provide to fraud investigators out there in order for them to navigate through obstacles such as missing data, <laughs> missing types of data? Um, so I don't know, Rolanda, you, you want to go first? <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. So I, um, I'm i excited to also hear what Elena has to say about this, because I know we both are very, uh, we are, we love our data, right? We love good yeah. data. We have a lot of thoughts about data. That's why we're here. Yeah. Right? So from an operational perspective, there's, uh, there's a challenge to navigate in some spaces professionally when you are missing data, right? Because sometimes it's a lack of support. Sometimes it's a lack of communication. Sometimes the data just doesn't exist, right? So first you kind of have to identify which challenge is it. Does the, data, does the data not exist because you never asked for it from a vendor because no one ever asked for it? Um, or does the data not exist because you don't have access to it? Does it not exist because there aren't enough engineering resources to ingest it or transform it to a usable uh, space, right? Does, does the data not exist in a way that you have the expertise to access it, right? Meaning, is it in a database or is it something that you can pull into a visualization tool? Is it, is it ready to be consumed that way? So you first have to understand the nature of your challenge and not just saying, hey, I need this data. Really do the work to understand what specifically you need and what's blocking that need. Um, the more clear you can be about uh, your specific needs, I think the, the better you can, um, the better you can advocate for your uh, missing needs and, and that getting that data, obtaining that data. Not every investigator knows the rules associated with, um, the compliance rules associated with how data needs to live and be, it's be stored and things and shared, right? So sometimes you, I hear investigators saying, I don't understand why they just don't give us this, right? <laughs> I don't understand why they just can't give us everyone's information so I can make the choice and look at these things. But not everyone needs that, right? So um, if strategically the data is ingested a certain way, uh, and but if that case is made with those things in mind, you will get more cross-functional buy-in and better understanding of what, how it's going to be used, who's going to use it, and what decisions can be made from it. Right. So missing data is not always the it's not always missing. Sometimes it's just inaccessible for good reason, and sometimes it's just because someone never asked for it. Um, so when you do start to to dig around. Uh, Define your challenge, articulate your intention, and build um, your resolution, right? And sometimes it's not about what you can code, right? Just really lay out what you're going to use it for and why. And then you, sometimes you may find out there are things that you were asking for you didn't actually need. <laughs> so that's another piece of it. So well. true. Yeah. <laughs> so we can probably talk an hour alone about how to yeah. navigate that kind of space or even just the data, the particular data that's missing or what you can ask for. But for just general advice, that's that's where I would start. Uh, thanks so much, Rolanda. Yeah. And I would like to uh, quickly sneak in between a very fun story I have 
from back in time when I was training new teams, I would usually give um, the uh, future investigators, I uh, was training um, this uh, very fun analogy. Uh, I would say, okay, imagine this, you're super, super hungry. You haven't eaten for long hours and you have a plate on a table full of food, but you're missing the knife and the fork. Are you going to continue starving or you're going to find a different way to access the food without the tools? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Right. Just you have to be strategic, right? Like you have to do what makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, resourcefulness is part of the game and it's something that is essential to you know, as professionals that we're working the fraud prevention, trust and safety, we have to be resourceful because, you know, the way the database was built before this aware, some kind of awareness to fraud prevention <laughs> came aboard, the database definitely was not organized for the fraud teams to handle it. So just adding to the challenges you mentioned, we... I mean, we would encounter those different situations of missing data or inconsistent data. You know, for inconsistent data, it is important to analyze the root cause to solve the issue. <laughs> for example, it may have been a third-party vendor providing analysis for data for the marketing team, but when the fraud team analyzes uh, and build reports for the C-suite, um, the revenue and losses are different than than those that the marketing team provided. So that causes a lack of cohesiveness and decision-making based on, on mystery, <laughs> which we want to avoid. Um, where we miss data, we want to ensure that we have exhausted the use of the data we have. Um, uh, sometimes it is finding it in tables we didn't know of and alternatively exploring the meaning of data that is being underlooked, you know? My favorite has been the mislabeled data, right? The, yeah. Because sometimes the people who work on ingesting the data, and like you said, they don't think of the fraud teams or the downstream impact to others who may be using the data for similar reasons. They're just kind of ingesting it within the rules that they they have set before them. Um, but the labels that they create often don't have this the right insight to create something that's intuitive that someone can even find within a data a data dictionary, right? Um, so you may have people who use data, uh, use labels for, you know, credit card number, for example, right? They may say credit card number versus PAN, or, or they may say account number versus, but if you take more than just a card, or if you only take cards, or if you take debit cards, credit cards, prepaid cards, if you have the, a way to better label that data, um, then you should, you should use that. But if you don't know that, that those other terms exist, then you're gonna that person ingesting it is limited to what they believe they understand the right label to be, right? And That's it's no right. not to that person who does that. It's just that if they're not, if it's not trained or if it's not in the company's policies to to do that work to see the downstream impact to to talk to all stakeholders versus just it, ingesting it, transforming it, defining it, and just leaving it there for someone to never know it exists, right? Because <laughs> it wasn't yeah. labeled appropriately. Yeah, absolutely. You would have those um, kind of reports um, and graphs that would present uh, some kind of numbers that 
not really consistent with the reality it, just the examples you added and 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 if we talk for example we have user id so user id can be for the account for the profile on companies for that client of the company but user id can also be of the uh, account in a, a, like in in uh, the payment service provider and those numbers would be totally different. <laughs> and it, 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 this is a huge, huge problem when you have this inconsistency and also like even the lack of awareness that this exists and you have to differentiate between those labels. Oh yeah. One of the one of the other really good examples I think that may freak some people out, and I'm gonna warn you, right? Just <laughs> amount, amount. Seems simple, seems straightforward, straightforward, right? But some people take away tax. Some people keep tax. Some people add fees to it, right? Some people don't. Right. And some people differentiate, differentiate between net sales, just sales, or another some other amount with other things added to it, right? Uh, or taken away from it with the tax and everything like that, particularly. Uh, so though even just having the numbers and people being accustomed to saying, well, our numbers are never the same as finances numbers, right? <laughs> but that's okay. And we're just used to that. It's, it doesn't have to be that way, right? We can try to figure out to get as close as possible with not using the same source of truth um, as we can. But to do that, we have to challenge those labels and really understand the definitions of those labels. That's true. I just want to add to that. The amount is actually such a critical <laughs> A critical log in this because you have companies that work internationally and then you have different currencies. Um, you know, we, we have spoken about this and yeah. there is this problem <laughs> that you can have data of numbers, but uh, some companies don't really align the currencies and then they kind of review numbers when the numbers they compare are not even in the same currency. So if you look at something that, you know, like, 3,000 yang um, or $30 and it just, you know, it's not actually a much higher purchase than that one. It's actually the same purchases. But the idea that you have this data, but you don't, it, it, you, you don't really know how to use it correctly mm -hmm. or enhance this information and add, for example, another uh, another part of information to convert this currency to at least one currency that the company would be able to provide this more accurate information, you know, in one currency when you show it to the board, if you have headquarters in America. So obviously you would want to present in, in you know, US dollars. So it's kind of hard when you need to do much extra work for all this other 40, 50 other currencies in, in in the table or a few tables that you need to incorporate. It, that's a great point, um, a great a great insight for that. And I, I'm glad you, I knew you understood what I was talking about as far as Because <laughs> yeah. like, you've seen it with different clients and stuff too, the same as I have. Um, one of the yeah. things that I always found interesting is with the payment service providers, right? Um, the payments of reference providers, sometimes they'll say, okay, the currency was in, in Euro, but when they, I send it, when they send the information, they've already done the conversion into dollars. Now, whether or not that's clear to whomever's ingesting it, how that gets labeled, if they do yet another conversion, 
not knowing what, whether or not it was always already converted. And these things sound like, oh, no one does this. People do this and this happens a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it, happens it, lot. it just it happens a lot. And it's it's communication, it's definitions, it's, it's things like that. But it's okay to ask that, that confirm, confirmation question like, hey, what currency is this? Just to be clear, right? Just to be clear. And it's not to say someone didn't do what they were supposed to do. It's because you can't afford for it to be wrong. That really is all it is. And if people just don't take things personally, it's, I'm asking this question not because I don't trust you. It's just that this is trickle down information. This may have gone through three different three different companies, right? And my vendor may have gotten it from their vendor, right? And by the time it gets to me, I don't know who's touched it, touched it or changed it or labeled it. Um, so I want to make sure before I touch it uh, or internally before it's touched that the labels make sense. So yeah, ask those questions, confirm that data, um, and be confident <laughs> yeah. with what you're using. <laughs> Absolutely. Well said, Rolanda. Why <laughs> percent agree with you? Uh, well, thanks so much, uh, ladies, for this insightful conversation. I hope our audience will enjoy listening and um, moreover benefit from your perspectives and insights. Um, any final uh, words, advice, specifically for investigators dealing with data or generally for uh, women uh, in uh, their um, corporate world professions or uh, being entrepreneurs, uh, how to be perhaps uh, resilient and uh, with maintaining a positive outlook, anything you want to share in closing. Rolanda, go ahead. <laughs> um, you keep making me go first. Um, well, <laughs> first I would say uh, I'm very happy to know both of you ladies in this field. Um, it, when you get to know people that kind of think the way you do, not to, and not in the sense that you know we all agree, but just in the in the way that we can bounce things off of each other and challenge each other and expand each other's knowledge and things, right? So I appreciate. Uh, having the relationship that we have and, and being able to have these types of discussions that hopefully help others. So um, I would say if it's any advice, network with great people, right? And these are great people. Um, so that's always uh, a wonderful experience for me. As far as the data side of it, just, I think, I feel like I've said everything, but just be clear, um, make sure you com confirm, 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 confirm and articulate and don't ask for more than what you need, but make sure you know what you need. Thank you, very well said. Thank you so much. Yeah, well said. I don't think I have much to add to that. Just <laughs> thank you all for having us here. As always, it is a great experience and pleasure to speak with you ladies. Uh, I hope we were able to share with the listeners information to potentially broaden knowledge and help companies grow successfully. Uh, thank you, Elena. These were fantastic closing words for our episode <laughs> today. Uh, round table uh, and coffee chat, whatever you call it. And thank you everyone for listening. Stay healthy and happy.